in the middle of that plan of God, there is something that is stated there that I, when I saw it, it seemed out of place to me until I began to look into um, into it and pray about it, and a, a sort of revelation came out of it that I want to share with you today. And so uh, we're going to look into John chapter 1 this morning as our text, and I want to thank all of those of you for being here. Uh, it's a blessing. I want to welcome all of those of you that are coming to us on Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston FFC podcast. Uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate you downloading and studying along with us, and your uh, uh, responses are always welcome through Family Fellowship Chapel's Facebook messaging, Mike Springston F, uh, Ministries, MikeSpringstonMinistries.com, Springston56 at gmail.com, or through FFCMA.org. You can contact us at any one of those. All right, let's stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. The text for this morning, it comes from John chapter 1, verse 6 through 13. And it says, now I have to remind you just before I read, John is outlining the plan of God in 18 verses and 10 words. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And of course, he is talking about the light, which is Jesus Christ. Now he says, John was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. This was, meaning Jesus Christ, the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now I want you to hold that in thought. He was in the world, Jesus Christ, and the world was made by him, Jesus Christ, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not, talking still about Jesus Christ, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of the will of of God. Bow your head with me. Father, I thank you for the Word of God today. I thank you for the Scripture. I thank you for revelation. I thank you for truth. I thank you today that our eyes can be open to see, our ears can be open to hear, and our heart can be open to understand what the Word of Truth is saying to us. And then as we understand it, we can apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, I surrender myself, sanctify myself, and yield myself to the Spirit of God. I would ask Jesus, our man in the Godhead, to speak to the Holy Spirit and open my faculties to hear the revelation and then share that revelation with your people. I give you glory, honor, and praise for all of that in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. Amen and amen, and you may be seated. 
The Bible declares that John was a man sent from God. He was not that man. He was brought simply to be a witness to the light. The light in John was exposed by divine decree, and we're going to see shortly why Jesus said about John that although John was great, there were many in the kingdom that were greater than John. Have you ever wondered how that could be? Have you ever thought about why that would be that way? Why would there be many in the kingdom that would be greater than John the Baptist when John the Baptist was a man sent by God to bear witness to the light? Have you ever thought about that? Well, there's a reason for it, and I'm going to tell you. Every one of you that sit in this room are those that Jesus said in the kingdom of God were greater than Him. Every one of you that sit in this room Every one of you that sit under the sound of my voice are greater than John the Baptist. Isn't that a question? Isn't that a thought? But yet we don't know that. We don't understand that. We, we, we actually cringe when we think about the fact that Jesus would say that those that make up the kingdom of God are actually greater than the man that was sent to bear witness to the light. But let's look and see. John's father, of course, was a member of the priesthood. Does that ring a bell? Because every one of you are also members of the priesthood. John's father was a man who was given the office of burning the incense. There he would take incense and put them on the coals of fire that were created by the blood of the sacrifices. They would mix the blood and the altar sacrifices into the altar, or the brazen altar, into the altar of incense, and a fire would be kindled. And John's father was the one who would bring in the incense. Now, what did the incense represent? Well, the incense represented the blood of Jesus Christ. It represented the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It represented the death of Jesus Christ. It represented the sweet-smelling savor that all of that caused. As those things were waffling in the air over Israel, they were outside praying. Now, I want you to see this because this is where we are today. They were outside praying, and when they saw the smoke, they knew that God was hearing them. God was hearing them pray about whatever it was they were praying about in the moment. At the moment they were praying, as long as that smoke was relevant and they could see it, smell it, taste it, they knew that God was sitting on the throne and therefore God was hearing them pray about whatever it was they were praying about at the exact moment that they were praying. And John's father, Zacharias, was the one who was charged under his ministry to make sure that that smoke bore out all of the works of Jesus Christ even though they were caught up in the moment 
and did not see the plan of God. They didn't know the plan of God. They didn't understand the plan of God. They didn't know what they were looking for. But in the moment that they were praying, they, were, they knew that God was there because they could see Him. They could smell Him. They could taste Him. Even though that in all of the work Zacharias was doing, he was defining for Israel what Jesus would do for them in the divine plan of God, they were stuck in the second that they were praying, and that's right where we are today. We are stuck in our moment of time, never understanding what God is trying to do in our lives. Never understanding that when we look around and we ask the question, why in the world has healing seemed to left, leave our world? Why has ministry seemed to be taken out of our world? How come we don't have the mass healing movement that we used to? How come we don't see the mass movement of the Holy Spirit flooding across our nation as we did after Azusa Street? How come we're not seeing that? How come we're not living in that moment? And there's a simple answer. The plan of God was to take you out of a moment and put you into a movement. What does that mean, Pastor Mike? The plan of God was to take you out of being in a moment of space and time where you could see him, touch him, and visually know that he was in your presence and put you in a movement that would go into your inner man and you could live with Jesus Christ every step of every day. That was the plan of God. That's what Zacharias was doing in the tabernacle. And then the angel appeared. And the angel said, Zacharias, now watch. He said, God has heard your prayer. Now what do you think Zacharias was praying for? Was he praying for a man to be sent to bear witness to the light? Was he praying for a man that would come up to be a leader in Israel? Was he praying for a voice to cry in the wilderness? Zacharias could not see that far ahead. He was just praying for a son. Well, there was Zacharias and the angel said to him, God has heard your prayer. Wouldn't it be something if we could understand that right where you sit today, God is hearing your prayer. In the conditions in which you live today, God is hearing your prayer. I was laying hands on mom this week and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And this is what he said. If Christ is in you, and if the hope of glory resides in you, then there cannot be space for sickness, defeat, doubt, and fear because if He is in you, He by His blood has conquered all of hell on your behalf and has risen from the dead and become the living Spirit of Christ that is in you. Therefore, your body must be well. What a blessing to know. 
blessing to know if Christ is in me, I ain't got to be sick. If Christ is in me, I don't have to be half-hearted. If the light of God is in me, it dispels every ungodly and unrighteous attack of the devil. Oh, my Lord, what a word, what a word, what a word. What a concept, what an idea, what a revelation. Now, here's where we are. We are stuck in a moment. We're not in a movement. We're in a moment. We've been taught by, the, by our current day preachers of this world that we should come against Satan just like Jesus did. We should be able to say to the devil, the word of God says, it is written. And Jesus did that and the Bible declares that after a three questions and three answers, the devil left him. And you should be able to do that. Why can't you? Aren't you smart enough? Haven't you read the book enough? Haven't you studied enough? Haven't you been on your knees holding that word and crying out to God enough? Why can't you take the word of God and cause the devil to flee? How come you, 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 all of us, and those of you listening to me, can't take the word of God and put the devil to flight? Why? Why? I want to tell you why. I want to tell you why that's faulty teaching. And here's the answer. You don't know the word of God as well as Jesus Christ did. Nor do you know the word of God as good as the devil does. You don't understand the word of God to that extent. Every answer that you could give the devil, he'll give you one right back. Everything that you can pull out of the scripture from your finite ability to intellectually understand it, the devil knows it better than you do. So what is the answer, pastor? If we can't take the word of God, what do we do? Well, that's rather simple, friend. I got the answer for you. I can tell you what Jesus did. Because when I look into Matthew chapter 4, I find out that something happened that was quite astounding. The Bible said the Holy Spirit took him and he dropped him off there for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted and his body became weakened and the only thing he had available was his knowledge of who God was of what the Word of God had said what he had seen from his father and what he had heard from his father. So in his weakened condition, he drew on the availability of the only thing that he had. So he spoke the word of God back to him, and that was enough to put the devil to flight. But as soon as that happened, something transpired that we, in our intellectual design, to be able to tell people something that they were not capable of doing, that they did not understand, that they would not be able to know without the addition of what happened next. He went from a moment, get me now, to a movement. Huh? Well, the Holy Ghost came in, and took him to Nazareth. The Bible said that he moved to Nazareth where he walked in the synagogue. He picked up the word of God, and with the word of God, he added something to it. What did he add to it, Pastor? How come he didn't just stand up and read the scripture in the synagogue? 
How come he didn't just stand up and quote the same scripture that had defeated the devil whenever he attacked him? How come? Because there is always something that Jesus said that you and I don't want to live in. The word of God said, you worship me in spirit and in truth. Jesus stood up and took the word of God, and this is what he said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has declared that I was to preach good news to the poor, to the broken, to the bruised, to the captive, to the blind, to those that have lost their liberty. It is a good news, not only the word of God, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit operating through me to you, through you to me, and there you can rest that you'll be poor no more. Think about that. This is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus did it. We don't want to live that way. We want to take the word. One preacher said, read the word. If you want to hear from God, now listen to stupid, because stupid is about to speak right here. Stupid is about to speak loudly. He said, if you want to read the word and hear from God, read it louder. Stupid just spoke. You hear what I said? Stupid just spoke. Because the word of God standing alone without the influence of the spirit of God does not bring about the word of God that brings you from a moment into a movement where Jesus would say, now this spirit is resting upon me to take this word and cause this word to create a movement in you. Not a moment, but a movement. Here's John the Baptist. What a great guy he was. He had a great mission of God. John the Baptist was given the things that Jesus had. He was given the ability to have life. That's why he's in this scripture. He was given the ability to have life. He was brought into life that was going to be eternal. That's why he's there. He was brought through a light that was going to be to make him personal with God. He was going to have wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, might, the fear of the Lord, and great judgment. John was going to be brought from eternity, from the eternal life, birthed, given eternal life to be the light of the world. And from being the light of the world, he would be the one that would cry in the wilderness. Make way the way of the Lord and repent. He would be the one to illuminate the fact that Jesus Christ was coming. He was born of a woman just like Jesus was. Isn't that beautiful? What's that tell you and me? It tells you and me that you and me can have eternity the personality of Christ, and we could be illuminated by the Holy Spirit just like Jesus was, but yet the Bible said Jesus said he wasn't as great as anybody in the kingdom of God. How could that be? Why would that be? Because all of the scripture, after we get through John's part, 
All of the revelation of the plan of God in 18 verses and 10 words, all of it begins to deal with you. John had no part in that. John had absolutely, he was simply eternal, personal, and creator. He had those three parts in him that were dis dispensed by life, light, and illumination. John had come into coordination with Jesus Christ. Zechariah saw it, and he said, when your son is born, the angel told him, when he is born, they're going to be great rejoicing. Why? Because John was going to bring, not from the Godhead through Mary, but from Zacharias through Elizabeth, and plant in the earth the fact that man could be eternal, man could be personal, and man could have the creator God living in him and expose life, light, and illumination to the entire world. And there he began to cry and scream that the world needs to repent and the world needs to change and the world needs to know the one that is coming that is greater than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear and to latch and who is going to baptize you with a fire and with the Holy Spirit. The world needs to know about him, but yet you are greater. How could that be? How come? Why would that be, Pastor? Do you want me to tell you? Would you like to know? I'll tell you. The reason that you are greater is because John was born with a decree. John was born with a plan of God to expose Jesus Christ. You come into the other four words of the plan of God. You come in under the plan of God that is called salvation. John never went through being born again by the cross. John never went through the dying of his flesh by being placed in the tomb. John never went through the resurrection of Jesus Christ where his inner man would become the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. John never went through the development of the Holy Spirit in his inner man that would create the personality of Christ in you, the hope of glory. John never went through grace. John never went through truth, but he told us about them. John never experienced that because he died before Jesus was crucified. So John never got the experience of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That has made you greater. Why? Because through that body and through that blood, all of the plan of God is disseminated, is living, is working, and is operational directly in you. And Paul said that you would become, because of it, the very glory of God because Christ would reign and live in your inner man and you could reign in life. Glory to God. Now you know. Now you know why you're greater. You didn't know it before, did you? You didn't understand that before, did you? Now we see why John 
is in the 18 verses and the 10 words. John is in there because God is showing you that He can build something in you without it being done by birth of the natural flesh. Think about that. God is showing you that God can build something in you without it being born by the angel talking to the woman and the woman being impregnated by the Holy Spirit and the birth from him having a father who is heavenly and a mother who is earthly. But God can take a man named Zacharias who was doing his job in the priesthood and a woman named Elizabeth who was old and birth in them a man that would have the consistency in his inner self that would be the same thing that that baby boy was, that Jesus Christ was. He would be eternal. He would be personal. He would be creator. He would then come into life that would match the life of Jesus with its eternal product. That would become the personality of Jesus with his God side nature. That would become the creator because the Holy Spirit would work in him and move in him and move upon him. And then from there, everybody else was going to come from that fire and from that baptism through the plan of salvation into the plan of glory, into the plan of grace, by the plan of grace and through truth. So in 18 words, 18 verses and 10 words, God has shown you some things. And what he has shown you is that God did not need an immaculate conception to create a man who could be in the inner man what Jesus was. But God would use the birth of Jesus Christ so that you and me could come through the plan of salvation into the glory of God that was experienced because of grace and that was brought to us because of truth. God can create, develop, and design in your inner man Jesus Christ in you. And that is the hope of glory. What a word. What a word. And there was John the Baptist. Now I want to tell you about John and I'm about done. John the Baptist was a man that did not come looking like they expected him to. He didn't come talking like they expected him to. Jesus said, what were you looking for? A reed shaking in the wind? Someone who had absolutely nowhere to go, nothing to do, walked in fear, walked in doubt, was uncomfortable in the crowd. What did you, what were you thinking was coming? Now I want to tell you, and I'm about to close. The world today is stuck. The world today is stuck because they don't know what they're looking for. They don't know what they're thinking about. They don't know what's going on. They're confused and they are frustrated. They're confused and frustrated because the message of life in the inner man has never been exposed to them.
They are confused and frustrated because they do not know how to live for God, how to have the fire living on the inside of you and that fire to manifest itself out of you. They don't understand that. They don't understand how to develop themselves. They don't understand how to be trained by the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the simplicity of the 10 words in 18 verses that John showed us. Therefore, they live a life of helter-skelter living. My wife heard a preacher on television this morning saying that a thousand pastors, a thousand pastors were surveyed and asked this question. How do you get saved? 40% of those pastors, 39%, 40% of those pastors said there are more ways to God than through the cross. 40%, 400 men are standing in a pulpit today preaching a gospel that is a lie. Telling people you can live like hell and go to heaven. About the only thing our churches are good for in most cases today is to have the funeral of those that are lost in violence and to stand and comfort everybody and say, don't worry about it, you'll see him or her again. Confused, my friends. But when I read John chapter 1, I see a God that defines Jesus Christ is going to do his business and brought a man to witness to the fact that you are an eternal being, that you can have the personality of, G of God through Jesus Christ, that the Creator who speaks to the Holy Spirit, can work in you. He can not only work in you, but He can work upon you. He can not only work upon you, but He can sit on you. All of that. And our world is confused because we don't understand the next word. What does salvation do? I used to be a blind man, but now my vision's clear. Mercy came and drove the sin from me. There's peace of God with Jesus that drives out every fear. I'm stronger than I thought I'd ever be. I don't know why he loved me as bad as I had been. Why I'm worthy of this life of victory. I know I'm not a scholar. Just a sinner saved by grace. But I can tell you what salvation's done for me. What's it done for you, preacher? It's transformed my inner man. Until I, with Paul, with 
John can look at the world and say, there's something that I must bear witness to. It's a life-transforming event. He's a life-transforming man. He will change your inner man. He will transform you. And that transformation will take you out of darkness and put you into a new kingdom. That's why John the Baptist is in John chapter 1. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we thank you for the word of God today. We thank you for the word of truth. I pray today, God, as we understand that you have designed and developed this to live in us and live out of us. You've designed and developed this to be a part of who we are. To make us so that we can live in this life and be an overcomer. You've done it for us, God. You have, you have given us the thing that we cannot see to accomplish the thing that you would have us to accomplish. You have taken us out of a moment and made a movement on the inside of us. You have taken us out of the moment of time when we are depressed and anxious, oppressed, upset. Taken us out of that moment and given us complete rest and said to us, just come to me. Come into the knowledge of me. Let me live in you. Let me direct you. And I will bring you to the position of perfect peace. Just come to me. Give your inner man to me. I will direct out of you fruit of which you must bear if I live in you. I will direct out of you healing because it is in my blood and my body. I will direct out of you forgiveness because that's what I accomplished at the cross. It is in you. It belongs to you. I will direct out of your inner man provision that will cause you to say that my God has provided all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I will direct out of you my glory, my mercy, my graciousness, my long-suffering, my goodness, and my truth. I will bring it out of your inner man. Your inner man will show you me and my eternal self, my personality, my creative ability. It will bring life and light and illumination into your walk so that you can be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world because of the transforming power that is in me. It'll come out of you. It'll live through you. You will experience salvation, glory, grace, and truth. These things belong to the believer. I speak them today in the Spirit so that you can hear the Holy Spirit speak the Word of God Himself into your life. Jesus. Jesus.
from the throne room of God is speaking, is it resonating in your spirit? Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for prophecy, wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirits, faith healings and miracles, tongues interpretation of tongues and prophecy. I thank you that your spirit matched with your word is an indomitable force that will work not by my power nor my might, but by the spirit of God. And it will cause every mountain in my life to become a plain. I receive it today in the name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, Lord and God. Raise your hands and let's take it. Father, we thank you today for opening our inner man. We receive... We receive today, we receive what the Word of God has shown us, that we are in fact eternal. We are in fact having the personality of Jesus Christ. We are in fact, Father, receiving from you the creative power of the Holy Spirit. We are in fact today becoming life because you're eternal. We're becoming light because your personality is enlightening our, our inner man. We are becoming illumination. The creative power of God is being illuminated in us and driving out every darkness, casting down every demon, laying aside every issue, looking only to you, giving no place, no place to the devil. We receive it today. We take it. It belongs to us. We receive it. It is ours, and it is ours for good because the Spirit of God has quickened it into us. He has quickened life into us. And now as being quickened, it is alive in our inner man. We believe it. We take it. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now I want to speak to those of you that are on YouTube and Facebook and Lift Him Higher Radio. And I want to tell you that the Jesus Christ of which you need to know will change you and transform you into a new man. Into a new woman, into a new boy, into a new girl. He'll bring you into a state and condition of righteousness with God. That life will make you eternal. From that life of the Holy Spirit being in you, He will then begin to work upon your inner man and bring your inner man into balance until He can show you the will of God. When He begins to show you the will of God, all things in your life will begin to work for good because you love Him and He loves you. And then the question is, who can separate you from the love of God? There's nobody that can. You are caught and enraptured in Him. Now I want you to pray with me. If you don't know Him today, if you do know Him, I'm going to pray with you secondly, but let's pray for those that are lost. Father, forgive us. I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I turn my life over to you. I turn my way over to you and I make you Lord of my life. I ask you to develop in my inner man my relationship with you. I receive it today and thank you for it. Amen and amen. Now, if you do know him today, you need to get in this life of development in the inner man. And you need to understand God is trying to make you as eternal as Jesus Christ as personal to Him as Jesus Christ. He's trying to make you as creative in your spirit man as Jesus Christ. 
so that you become life, light, and illumination in a world of darkness. He's going to do that through the process of salvation that comes into the glory of God, grace, and truth. Receive that today. Begin to build the inner man. Let me pray for you. Father, touch those out there who have never understood the necessity of the development and training of the inner man. I ask you today that as their ears have heard the word, the Holy Spirit has moved upon their mind in their spirit man. May the mind of Christ become apparent to them and they turn their spirit, their inner man, totally over to you. I ask you to do that so that they can develop both in word, in spirit, and in truth. We'll give you praise for it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. God bless you. Get in the Word. Stay with our preaching. Get on podcast, Mike Springston FFC, as we're continuing to preach about this. And be with us again tonight at 6 o'clock. God bless you is my prayer.